This is the Sunday before our nation celebrates the 4th of July. We celebrate independence. We celebrate all things American. We celebrate freedom. Now, I want to tell you that while we celebrate freedom, when you really understand freedom, there's really only one way to experience it. You can celebrate it, but can you actually experience it? I mean, freedom, it's certainly one of the probably one of the most important values to us as Americans. I mean, we love our freedom. We sing about freedom. We make art about freedom. We pray to God and we thank God for our freedom. We take to arms and we fight for freedom. We like to think that freedom is the essential ingredient to the success of our nation. We love this idea of freedom. Hollywood knows that this freedom idea is important to us and they, 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 they put that value of freedom in the movies that really aren't about America. Y'all, who remembers the movie Braveheart? Set in Scotland? Set in, uh, set in Scotland in the 13th century. You remember uh, William Wallace, if you've seen the movie, he rallies the troops and he yells to them, they may take our lives, but they'll never take our... Oh yeah, it's freedom. And then right before he dies, I mean, he's dying a gruesome death, but his last breath, he screams... Freedom, because that's important to us. Uh, another one of those man movies, uh, Russell Crowe in Gladiator, all right, set in the year 100 AD. He plays a, Russell Crowe plays a general named Maximus who's betrayed, sold into slavery, and he becomes a gladiator, and he's forced to fight. And in this key scene, he's having a conversation with the man who now owns him as a slave, who's kind of telling him what's it like to fight in the Colosseum. And he tells him, listen, you win the crowd, you win your freedom. I was in high school, musical group called the Soup Dragons. I don't know, expect you to remember that. But I got a picture of them up for you. 1990, they had a song called I'm Free. The key line is, I'm free to do what I want any old time. But is that what freedom is? Is, is freedom the ability to do what you want any old time? I mean, we love this idea of freedom so much, we are lured into things by the promise of freedom. Chase Bank has what they call the Chase Freedom Card, which grants you the freedom to use their money at the low interest rate of 17.24% to 25.9%. So if you've got good credit, you can pay over 17% to borrow their money. How's that for freedom? Did you know the average credit card debt among American families is almost $10,000 per household? We, we want the freedom to do what we want any old time. But freedom with an interest rate, that's not freedom. Anybody here ever lived with credit card debt? You don't feel free. Rather, you feel trapped. You feel shackled to the things that you own and that those things own you. That promise of freedom, it's lured many into bondage. I was watching one of those, uh, another one of those super masculine movies, um, 300. It's a movie where the Greeks are fighting for freedom. And there's this scene where the enemy general has pulled in the good guy general and and is trying to lure him into serving under their command. And he says, look, you fight for freedom. 
But I offer freedom without consequence or responsibility. You know, that line struck me. Because isn't that what so many of our culture are after? We desire freedom. We just don't want consequences or responsibility. And so abortion, killing of unborn babies is considered a right. Because Americans want freedom without consequence and responsibility. So on this day, this Sunday before we celebrate Independence Day, before we celebrate freedom, I want to ask the question, are you and I really living in freedom? Most Americans would respond, well, yes, of course I'm free. I'm an American. This week I'm going to barbecue hot dogs. I'm going to eat watermelon. I'm going to, uh, of course I'm free. I'm going to shoot fireworks. That's freedom. I watch movies about freedom. I got the Chase Freedom card. Of course I'm free. I, I would imagine that across America, in churches all over the land, people are lifting up prayers, thanking God for freedom. But as I read the scriptures, I wonder if God hears those prayers and he hears that thank you and he says, well, you're welcome, I guess, except you're just not really free. Most Americans define freedom as the ability to do what they want, when they want, how they want. Webster's Dictionary defines freedom as the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint in choice or action. But is that what freedom truly is? Now, I don't deny that uh, using a dictionary is useful if you want a basic understanding of things. But if you really want the truth about things, you really don't have a greater source than the inspired Word of God. See, the Word of God is not concerned with political correctness. The Word of God does not dance around the uh, varying sensitivities of man. The Word of God doesn't put a finger to the air to see which way the winds of popular sentiment are blowing. The Word of God will tell you like it is, how it was, and it's tell you how it's always been. It's been a reliable guide for thousands of years. And if you want a true understanding of freedom, you can look no higher than God's Holy Word. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to look into God's Word and see what God has to say about freedom. Now, one of the first things that you're going to discover in God's Word is that God desires freedom for his creation. God wants you to be free. I mean, one of the chief reasons that Jesus came was to bring real freedom to us. In, in the Gospel of Luke, the first thing that Jesus does as he begins his ministry to save is he reads an ancient prophecy out of the book of Isaiah. Jesus was in his hometown of Nazareth, and it was his custom as he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath. And in Luke chapter 4, these are the words we read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today, this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. You see, Jesus came to set us free. Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom, Christ has set us free. Jesus came to set us free. God wants you to be free. So much so that he sent his son to rescue you. The reason that men yearn for freedom is because we're made in God's image. 
And, and God values freedom. God wants us to be truly free. God knows what we, and he knows that we're really not free. One of my favorite passages in the Bible is found in the book of John, the 8th chapter. Most people are familiar with verse 32. And you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. I love it because of the promise found in uh, verse 31. It says that if you abide in my word, you're truly my disciples. Then you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You look back at this passage where Jesus says this. And, and you, we're going to see how these people react to this. But I want you to notice some things about this. I first want you to notice who Jesus is talking to. It says to the Jews who had believed. These were believers. They believed Jesus to be God's son. They believed him to be the Messiah. These were not casual observers who happened to be in the crowd today. No, these, this is a crowd of believers. And, and Jesus says to these believers then, as he still says today, if you abide in my word, if you hold to my teachings, you're, then you'll be a real disciple. And then you will know the truth. And that truth will set you free. See, oftentimes we read these verses and we think, well, if we tell the truth, then we'll be free. Or if we're told the truth, we'll be free. But, but that's not what Jesus says. Uh, he says here, that word know in the Greek is the word idha. It's, it's, it means to know by experience. Jesus is saying, listen, I want you to experience the truth. And when you experience the truth, that will set you free. He says, if you, if, if you do what he says, if you obey him, if you submit your will to his, then you're going to experience truth. There's a real difference in knowing about something and experiencing it. We were two weeks ago at the ocean, Gulf of Mexico. Um, see, you can see a picture of the ocean, and you can say, I, I, I know that. I, that's, that's, that's the ocean. But you can still feel big and self-important. But when you actually experience the ocean, you feel the power of that water. You taste the salt in it. You hear the sounds of the animals. I mean, it's, it's way different. I'll tell you something. We people who don't live near the ocean do. Yeah, Eric already knows. We said, let's go, let's go to the sandbar. I wish we would have taken a moment to notice Hey, nobody's going out to the sandbar. And so myself and Eric and my son and uh, Connor, were you in on that too? Yeah, we were the idiots. Uh, did I, did, is, that, is that okay for me to confess that? Uh, we started swimming out there. Now we had things to float on. But we never found the sandbar. Finally, a lifeguard comes out on a jet ski to say, are you guys Okay. And we're like, we're, we're looking for the sandbar. He says, there's no sandbar. Tide's up too high. And he, uh, you know, he watches us swim back to shore. And then finally he got tired of watching us and he just drug us back to shore, which was, <laughs> we were, but listen, you can look at that picture and be like, oh, I can go out in the ocean. Man, but when you're in it, it's just different. It's different about knowing something and knowing, knowing about it and experiencing it. 
And Jesus is talking to believers and he tells them, look, now that you've taken that first step of belief, come take the second step, the step that leads to freedom. Come be a disciple, be a real disciple. Hold to my teaching, abide to my word, and you'll not just, you'll not only know about truth, you're going to experience it. You're not going to know it like a professor teaches you. You're going to be experiencing truth. And the people back then responded to this invitation to freedom probably the same way Americans would respond to freedom. Verse 33, they answered him, We're offspring of Abraham, have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say we will become free? So what do you mean we'll be free? Do you mean to suggest that we're not free? Look, we're children of Abraham. We've never been to slave. I get to choose what I want, when I want. What do you mean I'm not free, Jesus? I was born in America, a free country. I'm free to do what I want any old time. Verse 34, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. He says, let me tell you a truth that you may not know. That sin that you think you freely choose has you enslaved. You're not free. Everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. Look, the reason you keep going back to that same sin, it's not, because that's, it's, it's not because you're freely choosing it. It's because that sin has you in chains. It pulls you back. It draws you in. It controls you. And though you can't see those chains wrapped around your soul, you feel their effects all the time. And you need to know something else. The slave doesn't get to stay in the house. The slave does not remain in the house forever. You think you can keep doing what you want, choosing sin, ignoring God, doing what you want. You need to keep in mind that time runs out on everyone. And all slaves to sin will be put out of the house. Only sons remain in the house forever. The truth is doing what you want, when you want, it's consistently led you into more bondage than you can keep up with. Like I remember growing up, I had classmates who wanted freedom to choose the things that they were not permitted to do yet. They wanted to show off their freedom, to be grown, to choose adult things, and how cool they felt smoking cigarettes. Now, almost every adult I know who smokes started in their teen years and they wish they could quit today. See, what starts out as an exhibition of freedom becomes bondage for so many. And the story's the same with alcohol, pornography, debt. I, I remember a kid in a youth group I had in, in Stephenville many years ago. His mother, you could describe as being overprotective. I mean, she was very strict. Uh, David was his name. David... David enjoyed music. That was his passion. And he was very active in my youth ministry. Played the drums for our youth ministry. Was a good drummer. During his junior year, David made some friends at school who also had a passion for music. And they signed up for the school talent show. And they were going to play a song for the school. And that was going to begin their first step toward their musical career. And they were going to be famous. Now, right before the talent show, 
David stepped out of bounds with his overprotective mother, and she forbid him to play in the talent show. And so he was undone by that. David wanted his freedom. He wanted to be free to begin to pursue his life dream of being a professional musician. So in response to his mother's grounding, David ran away, left his mom's home, and uh, shacked up with some buddies who would take him in and played the talent show. They never became rock stars. He was free to pursue his dream of being a rock star. It never happened. And in that moment that he thought he was choosing freedom, what he received, in, in, I guess in consequence, was years of bondage. His attempt to freedom led him to a drug addiction, a prison sentence, His friends in life would come quick and never stay long. He was shackled in debt, and he didn't have the education to get a job that could support him. He had two younger siblings. They all went on to to college to have families, careers, a, a positive direction in life. David died a few years back in a drunk driving accident. He was lured by the promise of freedom only to find hardship, addiction, and bondage. In 2 Peter 2.19 says they promised them freedom, but they themselves are slaves of corruption. See, I bet most of the things that have enslaved you and I were things we chose. It's remarkable how our use of freedom becomes the gateway to bondage. And it doesn't have to be vices like drugs or alcohol. We could be enslaved by our pride, by envy. We can be slaves to competition. I remember a pastor's wife that I served under. um, She always had to be on top. If your kids were difficult, her kids were more difficult. If your kids were fabulous, her kids were more fabulous. She always had to outwork, outsing, outserve, outteach everyone. She was enslaved by competition. I mean, if you had something good to say about somebody she would have to work up something bad to say about him because she had to be on top. You can be enslaved by work. You can't take a day off. You always have to be doing, trying to get ahead. It's bondage. We think we're free because we choose the things that hurt us. God doesn't see that as freedom. It's slavery, and he wants you to be free. So remember, Jesus is talking to believers here, and he he calls them to be real disciples, to let let Jesus be Lord, to let Jesus direct the way of their life, to let Jesus rule. The the worldly mind will say that, okay, giving your life over to Jesus, that's not freedom. The the world would see that as a a way of, of bondage. The world doesn't understand that freedom comes from Christ, and so the world will mock it. And they'll they'll, they'll say to you, come, be like me. We're free to sleep in on Sunday mornings. We're free to drink. We're free to speak profanely. We're free to joke coarsely. We're, We're free to hold a judge. Look at all the things I'm free to do because I don't follow Jesus. I'm free to divorce. I'm free to have an affair. How can you say I'll be free by doing what Jesus wants instead of doing what I want? But worldly thinking wrongly assumes that freedom is the absence of necessity, coercion, or constraint. That application of freedom is an illusion. And I'm pretty confident that every adult here today has been caught in a trap more than once in life because you went after freedom. 
So how does letting Jesus be your Lord bring you freedom? How does submitting your will to his will allow you to experience freedom? How does accepting the limitations and moral boundaries of Scripture usher in true freedom into a person's life? See, because freedom doesn't simply come because you believe. It comes when you hold to Jesus' teachings, when you abide in his word. So before I explain how following Jesus brings freedom, I think we ought to ask ourselves, is there a teaching of Scripture that you or I were resisting? Is there a teaching of Jesus that we just very easily let go of? Oh, I'm not going to forgive. Oh, I'm not going to give. Oh, no, 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 not, service is not the right. I'm not going to share. I'm not, what, what is it? Maybe we're still enslaved to the sin of rebellion. I, I just remember folks that it's like, they just wouldn't be told what to do by anybody. You could tell them to do good, and they're like, ah, because you told them. They have to do the opposite. Slavery. Is there a grudge you need to let go of? Is there a sin you need to repent of? Is there forgiveness you need to ask for? Is there some service you need to offer? What needs to change so that you can begin to experience the freedom that only Christ can provide? So let me tell you how following Christ and giving up your will to his brings freedom. It brings freedom because that is where he is leading. Remember, I told you, God desires you to be free. Jesus is leading you toward freedom. If you think about all the things that we, we get stuck in, do you think Jesus would have led you into that? Do you think Jesus would lead us into debt? Would Jesus lead us into addiction? Would Jesus lead us into that, that embittered soul that's holding a grudge? No, Jesus leads to freedom. Jesus is the only master who gives himself up for you. The only king who steps down from his throne for you. The only Lord who gives up his home for you. And it is in his teaching, his commands, he, those commands, they serve to protect your freedom. Your freedom is not lost by following his word. Your freedom is protected. How many of you have been privileged enough to go on a cruise ship? All right, good for you. Julie and I got to go once on, on the cruise ship. There's, there's all the food that you can eat. There's entertainment. There's leisure. There's, there's an exciting destination. But there's also this boundary around the boat. These metal railings designed to keep you on the boat. You see, rebelling from Jesus' teachings in the pursuit of freedom is about like jumping off the cruise ship into the ocean. I mean, could you imagine somebody thinking, man, all this stuff on the cruise ship, it's wonderful. The food's good. The entertainment's fun. The destination's great. But I feel constrained. I, I, I can't really experience the ocean. These rails are, are holding me back. I want my freedom. And you jump off of that boat. But what you find is not freedom. Those lack of boundaries that put you in peril. And you could find yourself out there floating in the ocean. You might be limited by the safety rails on the boat. You're not limited anymore. But you're not experiencing freedom. You're experiencing danger. Jesus is 
boundaries. They allow you to experience freedom because they protect it. They promote it. The book of James puts it like this. James 1.25 But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer but forgets, but a doer who acts, will be blessed in his doing. See, James figured out the law wasn't prohibitive. The law brought liberty. God's word is meant to protect and promote your experience of freedom, not limit it. So Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave doesn't remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Truth be known, everyone desires freedom. Most people are enslaved by something they can't see. In our, in our rebellion, many of us, we've jumped overboard in pursuit of freedom only to now be in need of rescue. But I got good news for you. Jesus is Savior. He specializes in rescue. No matter where you are today, He can rescue. God sent His Son to rescue all us rebels and bring us back to the place of freedom. Freedom is experienced following the Savior on the road of faith. Now, where are you today? I tell you, the promise of Jesus, if the Son will set you free, you'll be free indeed. Not free to float in the ocean in danger, free to experience all the good things that God's freedom has for you. So what needs to change today? What do you need to let go of? What do you need to say, you know what God, I'm not going to do it my way anymore. Today I'm choosing your way. I believe that you bring freedom. And I've experienced enough bondage already. Jesus set me free. I'm going to do it your way. I'm going to look into the perfect law, the law that brings freedom. And if you do that, when you cook your hot dogs this Thursday, then you'll really be free. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for your word. It challenges us. It draws us out of our comfort zones. But it's truth. And we can know it not just in our heads, we can experience it with our whole lives. And it's that truth that sets us free. God, I've got my own experience where even after choosing to be yours, I've still done it my way and found myself bound up in messes that you never led me into. God, if that can happen to me, I know it can happen to others. And I just pray for them now. That whatever it is that they've decided that they know better than you, that they'll repent of that today. And that God, you would lead them into the freedom that only you can give. God, I pray for anyone here today who's never, ever given you their life. 
but you've brought them here today because you wanted them to know and to hear that you love them, that you've got a purpose for them, that you would forgive them freely, and that their forever can be changed with one step of faith. I pray you would give them courage to take that step today. And God, I do pray for your people that when sin tempts us in this coming week, that we would have the resolve to say, no, I've got something better. I've got something better in Jesus. And we would not be bound by anything. And we would just live in the freedom that comes from walking in your will. Father, you know our hearts. You know the steps that we need to take. Push us in that direction this morning. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.